0: <clears throat> what if I are you up right there blood Covered it all. Man, you just, you don't have to think very far. Just think about yourself just a little bit, and you begin to recognize just how big of a gift it was that His blood covered it all. Amen, amen. Tell you what, I'm glad to be in the Lord's house. Thank the Lord for everyone uh, that is here this morning. Thank the Lord for everyone that has had a part, whatever role you have filled. Thank the Lord for you. Thank you for being here and being a part of the service this morning. Amen, amen. I do want to say, Uh, that uh, we will be in, uh, that's not what I wanted to say, but we will be in Philippians chapter number four, but uh, what I did want to say was I was going to talk about the choir just for a minute. Uh, Being uh, the choir, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, you know, we're, we're filling up this middle section here and there's a lot of available chairs up there on the right and the left. And so if you are here and you uh, like music, I'm not saying you know how to sing, not saying you're good at singing, you just you just like music. And I believe pretty much every human alive fits that category. And you like worshiping the Lord and you would be interested in serving in choir. I encourage you to let us know that you'd like to be involved in serving in the choir. It's a great place uh, to get started in being involved a little more involved in the things of the Lord. And so we have some empty seats. And so we'd love to have some folks uh, join us there in the choir. I do want to let you know, uh, Brother Randy and Miss Lila, you may have noticed they're not here this morning. They are gone, uh, left yesterday uh, for a little vacation, and so do pray for them while they're away. And then Pastor Kent and Miss Jen and their family uh, were here for Sunday school, but then they left right after Sunday school, and uh, they are on their way. Uh, Pastor Kent is going to actually be preaching at a youth camp this week and so they are going to be spending a week there preaching at a youth camp, and so do pray for them as they travel there today, and then he'll be preaching, I guess, uh, tonight through the week, and so do be in prayer for them as they're away as well. Philippians chapter number 4. This morning I want to talk about the subject of giving to missions, giving to missions. Last week uh, or two weeks ago, we looked at the thought of why we have a missions program. uh, And in order to have a missions program, uh, somebody has got to finance the program. Somebody has got to give uh, to the program. And so this morning I want to talk about the subject of giving to missions, financially supporting those who have answered the call to carry the gospel uh, around the world, uh, giving our money for the furtherance. Uh, of the gospel. In Philippians chapter number 4 Apostle Paul is expressing his gratitude to the church at Philippi for their financial care of him as he traveled taking the gospel uh, to the other most parts of the world and in doing so as Paul shows his appreciation for the church at Philippi he gives us some principles or some truths uh, regarding our role as Christians in regard uh, uh, to supplying the material needs of those who are doing the work of spreading the gospel around the world. Here at Marlbrook Baptist Church, the Lord's blessed us to be able to support just a little over 40 missionaries. Different people involved in different areas of spreading the gospel. Some are foreign missionaries who have left all behind to go and live on a foreign field and spread the gospel there. Others are involved in other aspects uh, of the ministry such as uh, Brother Dan Hummel who prints Bibles that can be used by those uh, around the world. We have those who work in children's ministries who bring in children and work with children there in children's homes but all of these people that we support in some way or other are involved in the work of getting the gospel out and the Lord has allowed us to support just over 40 missionaries we send out between five and six thousand dollars a month to support these missionaries and help meet their financial need now some of that number does come uh, from the general budget of the church but the majority of that five to six thousand dollars comes from you. Those of you who give above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. Those of you who designate additional money for the purpose of supporting missionaries. And I praise the Lord for a church that has people who give above and beyond their tithes that they might have a part in spreading the gospel around the world. But I also understand that there are probably others, even in the congregation today, who may not be involved in the missions program or who may not understand how to be involved in the missions program and how that they can also begin to reap the blessings that God bestows upon them that are involved in the missions program. Maybe uh, they have questions about how it works or how it's broke down and why we have a separate budget for missions. And so this morning, I want to preach just a little bit on this thought of giving to missions. In Philippians chapter number 4, we're going to read starting in verse number 10 and read down through verse number 20. Paul speaking here says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father we thank you for this day. Lord we thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Lord we thank you for your people. Uh, Lord the joy of coming together to worship you. The joy of serving together. Lord as we exalt you. And Father I thank you for each person that is here this morning. I thank you Lord for each one. uh, uh, Lord that has put a part time to worship you. And Father I pray that you will bless and be with us this morning. I pray to Lord that you bless as we look into your word. And Lord as we consider this biblical truth of our responsibility to be involved in giving to missions that Lord it will help us to understand uh, Lord that there is blessing there is benefit and Lord that you have set this up in such a way uh, Lord that it would just bless us uh, uh, incredibly Father to be involved in giving to missions I thank you dear Lord for your goodness I pray dear Lord that the message will be clear I pray to be understandable I pray dear Lord if there are any here that does not know you as Savior that Lord you will speak through your Holy Spirit to their hearts and reveal to them their need to put their trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in this passage, Paul is commending the church at Philippi for their generosity in supporting him uh, in his missionary work. And in light of this, I want to look at some principles from God's Word concerning our involvement as individuals and as a church concerning giving to missions. And so a few things that we want to look at. Some of this will just be practical. Some of it uh, uh, will be a little more preaching, but just look through this thought of giving to missions. The first thing that I want to look at, though, is the reasons... We give. Why do we give to missions? Jesus, the, the Bible says uh, that God owns the cattle uh, on a thousand hills. Uh, we know that God has need of nothing. Uh, the Word of God speaks of His abundant store. Uh, we know that He has everything that He needs. Uh, and so, why is it necessary that we as a church give to missions? Would it not be possible for God to just fund His work uh, on His own? Uh, and we're going to look at that a little bit this morning, the reason that we give. You know, before we can be committed to doing something, it is important that we understand why we do it. So I want to present a couple reasons why we ought to be involved in giving to missions. First, I believe every individual ought to be involved in giving to missions because it fulfills the biblical command. I believe that every person, every individual, every church ought to be involved in giving and investing in missions, in the gospel going forth outside of our church because it fulfills the biblical command. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in the sermon why missions. God has commanded that every Christian be involved in either carrying or sending the gospel around the world. God has commanded that we Christians have been given the responsibility of propagating the message of Christ onto the ends of the earth. One way that we can fulfill this command is by providing the finances needed that those who have answered the call can be able to go. One way that we can fulfill this command if we are not personally going is by providing the financial needs so that those that have been called and those that are going can be able to get to the mission field so that they can share the gospel. God has called every Christian to be involved in missions either through going or sending. And those of us who have not received the call to go, by default, have received the call to send. So if you are not raising support to go to the mission field, then your role in missions is to be giving support to those that are raising support that they might go to the mission field. Uh, God has called that all of us be involved in missions. Uh, uh, We need to understand that God's design of missions is that either you go or you give financially, that the material needs of those who are going will be met. God has set this up that we work together to accomplish the furtherance of the gospel. So my first question to you this morning is this. Are you personally involved in giving specifically to the missions program of Marlborough Baptist Church? Are you personally involved in specifically giving to the missions program? If not, have you sought God's will and God's direction for what he would have you do in regards to designating a portion of your income to the furtherance of the gospel. Have you thought about that? Have you considered it? Have you sought God in prayer and said, Lord, what would you have me give? Above my rather regular tithes and offering, what would you have me give? That we may be able to support more missionaries, that more people might be able to carry the gospel, that more people might be able to hear the gospel. God, what would you have me as an individual do. The second reason that we give, not only does it fulfill uh, God's command, but the second reason we give is to strengthen those who have answered the call. So first we give that they might be able to go and to answer God's command, but the second reason is to strengthen those that answered the call. As humans, we are wired to benefit from the camaraderie of other people. It's how we're wired. It's how we're put together. We do better when we know that there are others who are in this. With us. Many times we call it moral support. Uh, we do well when we know that there are others uh, who are helping us. Knowing that we have the support of other like minded people uh, can go a long way in keeping us focused, keeping us motivated, keeping our eyes on the goal, uh, keeping us moving forward when we know that we have the, ben- the help uh, of other people. I remember one time I was working at the sawmill, I was running a big planer. I'm making tongue and groove uh, paneling similar to what we have in the ceiling here. Uh, I was making this on this planer and something went wrong with the planer and so there was a humongous piece of machinery and there was a little door where you could go down underneath of it and you could access the workings of the machine and I was underneath of it and I was trying and trying to fix the problem and I just could not seem to fix the problem and I just, I was there working by myself, there was no one else with me and I labored on this thing for probably about an hour or so and finally I just gave up and said I'm unable to fix this And so I left the planer shed and I walked across the property uh, to the maintenance shed. And I went in and the maintenance guy was there. And I don't even remember his name now, but I called him by name. And I said, the planer's broken and I can't seem to fix it. I was wondering if you had a few free minutes, you could come help me take a look at it. So he goes over with me and I go back down to crawl up underneath the machine. And he comes in behind me and I point up at the machine and I said, so here's what's broke and here's what I've done. And I explained to him the steps. I said, and I just now figured out how to fix it and I fixed the problem. And he began laughing, and he said, Sometimes uh, all we need is a little moral support to be able to finish the, pro- to finish the project. Uh, sometimes we just need to know that we're not in this alone. We've got somebody else helping us, uh, somebody else supporting us. And so whenever we look at this thing about why do we support missionaries, it's because we want to let them know you are not in this alone. Now, I know that we tell all everybody, we tell each other, we tell the missionaries, we tell everybody, we're praying for you. And that is wonderful, and I'm not diminishing the importance of that, and that is what we ought to do. But when you're on the mission field and you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you've been forgotten, you're like Elijah whenever Elijah told God, I'm the only one left that believes in you and the devil is on your back and you're feeling forsaken and forgotten and done away with, it's a little hard to go to the kitchen stove and cook up a pan of I'll be praying for you." They just don't cook up very well. They don't meet any physical need. It just really has no substance. But if you walk to the mailbox and you pull out an envelope and in the envelope is a check from some people who say we are in this with you, there is a substantial recognition that I am not in this alone. I have got some people back home who are behind me. I've got some people who believe in me and it is a substantial evidence for those that are laboring on on the field that there are some people back at home who are behind them. And so why do we give? We give because it answers God's command, but we give to strengthen those who have answered the call. Paul said in verse number 10 of our text, he said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Now there was a period of time when the church at Philippi had been unable to send Paul uh, physical financial gifts but now they were able to send them again and Paul had received the gift and Paul says to the church at Philippi he said when I received your gift he said I rejoiced greatly that you were able to once again financially support me. Paul said "It, it did me good it lifted my spirits it encouraged me when I received the gift and I knew that the people at Philippi were still behind me still believing in me still supporting me I rejoiced greatly when I seen it in verse 13 and 14 uh, Paul said I can do all things through Christ I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me but look at what he said in verse number 14 remembering what he's talking about and who he's talking to in verse 10 he said, I rejoice greatly when I received your gift. He said, now don't misunderstand, not taken away from God's ability. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But in verse 14 he said, notwithstanding... Ye have well done. Paul said, I rejoice greatly when I got that check in the mail. He said, I don't want you to misunderstand. God meets all my needs. God has taken care of me. He said, but it doesn't change the fact that you did a good thing when you sent a check in the mail to this old tired preacher. It lifted my spirits. It boosted me. It gave me what I need to go on. And in verse number 18, Paul drove this this point home when he said, but I have all. And abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Paul said, God takes care of me. I have no complaints. God is good to me. He said, but when I received from Epaphroditus that gift you sent to me, he said, I rejoiced. I rejoiced greatly. He said, you you did a good thing. You knew that I was in affliction. You knew that I was struggling. You sent something to me that let me know you cared for me. He said, and because of your gift, he said here in verse number 18, I have all and abound and am full. Why? Because you met my need. Why is it that we are to give. We are to give to fulfill God's command. We are to give that we might strengthen those who have answered the call. Now we understand why we are to give. I want to take just a few minutes and give some principles, give some understanding to some biblical principles of giving. Just some few things about giving that we need to understand. God has called us to give, but to fully grasp our role in God's plan, there are a few things we need to understand in regard to missions giving. First of all, we need to understand, as I mentioned when I started, that God is not dependent on our giving. The work of God is neither hindered nor expedited by my reluctance or willingness to give. The work of God will go on whether you take part in it or not. The work of God is not dependent on your willingness or reluctance. What is dependent on you is whether or not you are a benefit from the program that God has set in place. God is not reliant on you. God can take the gospel. He can put it anywhere He wants, any way He wants. Uh, but God has blessed us uh, in that He has incorporated uh, our giving uh, into part uh, of His mission plan. Uh, We see first of all that God is not dependent uh, on our giving. In verse 11 to 14 Paul tells us uh, that he knows that God would meet all His needs. He said in verse number 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Paul says, uh, I know uh, that God will meet my needs. Uh, I know that God will take care of me. Uh, I know that God will make sure uh, that the gospel uh, is spread around the world. Uh, God is not dependent uh, on you and I for the gospel to go forth. But, God incorporates our giving into His plan. Although the work of God isn't dependent upon you and I, we find that God and His plan has involved our giving that you and I might have a part in the furtherance of the gospel and the strengthening of the brethren. God has set this up so that we are united together. Look here again at our text and you see this come together. In verse number 11, the first phrase Paul said, not that I speak in respect of one. Look at verse number 14. Notwithstanding, ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Paul went to the mission field with one supporting church. That's all he had. It was the church of Philippi. He says, y'all know, no other church has supported me, just y'all. Y'all were the only ones taking care of me. He said, but in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift. Paul says, I'm not saying this because I desire a gift or because I want you to give more to me. That's not what I'm saying. This. Look what Paul says. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Why was Paul rejoicing? Well, one, he was rejoicing in that he knew that he had some people that were with him, that supported him. But secondly, Paul was rejoicing because he knew that because the church of Philippi was faithful to give to him that there was fruit, souls, that were saved because of their trust in Christ. There was fruit that was going to be added to the account of the church at Philippi. Paul said, I rejoice that you gave to me. He said, not because I desire a gift, not because I'm asking for money. I rejoice that you invested in me. He said, because now every soul that has accepted Christ as a result of my ministry is being put down on your account as a part of your ministry and there is fruit for your labor because you have invested in me so whenever we understand biblical giving we understand first of all that God is not dependent upon our money we cannot stop the work of God by holding on to our wallet God can go forth with or without us but God in his mercy and in his grace and in his love has set it up in such a way that you and I can be involved and he will incorporate our giving and if we invest in missions and souls are saved because we have financed someone to take the gospel, then every soul that is saved will be written down on our account as having a part in bringing that soul to Christ. He has incorporated our giving. The church gave. And as a result, Paul was encouraged and fruit was added to their account. Everybody is benefiting. Paul's receiving encouragement. The church is getting fruit added to their account. God is being glorified. God incorporates our giving into the Great Commission that we might have a role in spreading the gospel around the world. He incorporates our giving that we might have a means whereby we can fulfill His command to be involved in the furtherance of the gospel. But then, lastly, we see when we consider biblical giving that God blesses our giving. And I have to say, in study, I was just about to have a shouting spell on this point, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to communicate it to y'all. It's like the old evangelist said, it's going to be like a secondhand kiss. I'm sorry. You know, when Aunt so-and-so calls on the phone and says, give little Johnny a kiss for me, it just ain't nothing there, you know. So although I was really enjoying this in study, I don't know if I'll be able to communicate it to you, but this is awesome. God doesn't need our money, but he incorporates our money that we might have fruit to our account and that the men of God might be encouraged. This is really, I mean, seems like a good deal already, right? This really seems like this is, I mean, this is a win-win. We ought to go ahead and invest on this. But then we come to the third point about biblical giving, and that is, it's very simple, God blesses our giving. In Philippians 4.18, Paul said, But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Listen to verse number 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Paul said, I'm full, I'm blessed. I've got everything I need and more. Y'all made me feel like a king. I am living high on the hog because y'all have given to me. I am encouraged. I am able to go on. He said, thank you, thank you, thank you for your gift. He said, but something I want to let you know. But my God, I know that this cost you something. I know that you made some sacrifices to do this for me. I can tell by the by the value of the gift that y'all dug pretty deep in your wallet. I can tell by what y'all sent me that y'all, y'all made some sacrifices. Uh, y'all living on living on rice right now because of how much you give to me. He said, I want to let you know something. Uh, he said, I am full and I have everything I need. He said, and my God is going to supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. You remember when I started, I said that God had plenty. He had more than enough. He abounded. There is no want in God. He has everything that he needs. He can meet the need. He can fund the missions. Uh, He can do it all by himself. Uh, There is no reason uh, that he would need to involve us. uh, But God sets it up this way. He said what we're going to do is I uh, I have more than enough. Uh, he said, so what we're going to do is I'm going to allow my people uh, who are back home, uh, who are working jobs, who are being faithful Christians there in their community, being a light in their community, I'm going to allow them uh, to financially support the people that are called to go to the mission field. He said, and by financially supporting these people, uh, he said, they are going to get be able to obey my command in sending the gospel around the world. He said, and then... Whenever the money gets to the missionaries, the missionaries are going to be blessed. They're going to be encouraged. And all of their needs will be met. They won't want for anything. They'll be able to successfully spread the gospel. My people will be united with them. They'll have the camaraderie that they need. He said, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to dip into my bucket and I'm going to just scoop out all that I have and I'm going to pour it out on those people who are given to my people and I'm just going to pour it out and pour it out and pour it out and God said I will take my abundance Uh, and those that are giving to my people uh, I will pour my abundance out on them uh, that they might have more to give to my people that I might pour more abundance out on them uh, and God said I will just keep blessing uh, and I will keep blessing uh, and I will keep blessing uh, and my work will be funded uh, my command will be met uh, my people will rejoice uh, and I will be able to pour untold blessings out on my people Paul said but my God y'all took care of me and I thank you for it. I didn't need it. Y'all been so good to me. And my God, because you've been good to me, my God is going to supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. Bible says in Luke 6 and verse number 38, I love this verse, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet uh, with all uh, it shall be measured to you again Uh, God says you give uh, he said and I will give you more uh, than you can hold Uh, he said you give to my work uh, and I'm just going to pour it out uh, and pour it out and pour it out and I'm going to continue blessing you and you you ever take a a bucket uh, and you fill it up uh, and then you Shake that bucket and it goes down. You fill it up again, you shake that bucket, it goes down, then you can tamp it and get it down a little tighter and put some more in it. God said, That's how I'm gonna bless you. He said, You can shake it down, you can press it down. He said, But your bucket is still gonna run over. If you give to me, I'm gonna give back to you. God could just fund the mission work and take care of the missionaries and leave us out of the picture. But he's too loving and gracious, and merciful for that. Have you ever wanted to do something for one of your children, and so you try to come up with a way that you can include them all? That's what God's doing. He says the missionaries need to take care of, so we're going to figure out a way we can include all my children so that everybody gets blessed. That's the kind of God that we serve. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 and verses 6 through 8, but this I say, He which so sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, May abound to every good work. This morning we're talking about giving to missions. And as I said when I started, I praise the Lord that I'm a part of a church that is committed to giving to missions. I do know, if you remember a couple weeks ago though, I told you that I have in my desk a folder about this thick that is letters from missionaries who have answered the call, who are looking for the needed money that they might go around the world. Throughout this month and this uh, Special Emphasis Sunday, we'll have four missionaries with us that are raising support so they can take the gospel around the world. And although we're doing well in that we're supporting 40-plus missionaries, missions budget's kind of maxed out. But you know how we can get God to pour untold blessings on Marlbrook Baptist Church? You know how we can get God to pour untold blessings into our individual lives is if we get personally involved in investing in sending more and more and more missionaries around the world. I think 40 missionaries is is a tremendous testimony. But personally, I'd like to see 100. I'd like to see 150. You say, Pastor John, that's kind of far out. Can you, think, can you imagine the blessings? He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Can you imagine the blessings that God would be pouring out on us? And we're not doing it for the blessings. I'm just saying this is how God set it up. This is a no-lose investment. Many of you probably do a little investing for whenever you're too old to work. We all try to do a little investing, make sure we have a little something. Some of those investments are low risk and some of those investments are high risk. This investment right here is no lose. It is guaranteed. This is the best investment you can make. Anytime I find a firearm at a bargain price, if I got the extra money, I'll pick it up. Because them things sitting in the cabinet are like money in the bank value never goes down. It only goes up. They're money in the bank. They're a no-lose investment. God's investment is far better. Far better. You want a place where you can put your money that you are guaranteed you will get multiple dividends in return. Get busy investing in the work of God. Give to missions and watch God pour His blessings on you. Let's all stand to our feet. Miss Debbie's going to come to the piano. As Miss Debbie plays, perhaps you'd like to come to the altar and say, Lord, help me, help me to be able to give to missions. Help me, Lord, to be able to invest in your work. Help me, Lord, to be able to do more. Uh, Help me, Lord, to figure out ways that I can give to you. If that's you, you come as she plays. If you're here this morning, you're like, Pastor John, I'm not sure what you're talking about because I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I need to hear the gospel. I need to know how I can put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, as she plays, you come. Somebody, I'll take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. Miss